0: Cut. Go and do useful things you will. Oh, I said it.
1: you will.
0: Hello and welcome to Diversify. I am Honey. And I am Kate. And this is the podcast that is Diverse. Full stop. End of conversation. Podcast is over.
1: Thank you for tuning in.
0: We last did a season in a bit. <laughs> so how are you, Kate? I'm good. What are we talking about? We're talking about how not
1: good I am. Oh yeah, well, sorry. I'm good, Holly. How are you?
0: I've been ill all week in bed with tonsillitis. Poorly, sick. Got one of those things that you put. No, that's the cat. You talking about cone of shame? Yeah, cone of shame. Do I, I have a cone of shame? <laughs> I do have an aura of shame an aura. over how much I've needed to wash myself all week just because of my illness. But. So
1: Holly's very unwell today, which means that we'll be skipping all of her long rants.
0: Or we'll be skipping all the short ones so I can have the long ones. But um, no, it genuinely has been quite difficult because I live with my girlfriend, who is also a bit ill, and we've been trying to not make each other ill but still cohabit and it's just basically meant that I've been like sleeping at the other side of the bed and she was under a duvet and I was under a sheet because I was having a fever and I basically just haven't been able to touch my girlfriend in a week and I don't mean like sexy touch I mean just like hi friend pat on the shoulder kiss you on the cheek I was gonna
1: say it's really annoying when um when someone's in a long-term relationship and they go
0: oh I haven't had sex in a week.
1: And you're single and you're like, I just couldn't feel less sorry for you right now.
0: But also, who in a long-term relationship is saying, oh, I haven't had sex in a week? Anyway. (laughs) Um, Speaking of having sex with women, (laughs) this wasn't the segue I planned, but I think this is one of my finest hours. We have a wonderful guest today who is the co-creator of a new dating app for women and female identifying human beings introduce yourself guest hello my name's
2: Aisha it's great to be here right now i'm stoked
0: (laughs) (laughs) like a fire that's going to burst into a flame
1: yeah so just to start we would love to hear just a little bit about you oh a little bit about me
2: so I am from Bromley, which is basically Kent, but not really Kent. I went to the Brit school and I studied musical theatre. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, there's such hardship in the world. I need to do something about this. Yes. So I um, I actually didn't go to drama school. I've studied psychology and drama. What Uh, an
1: interesting combination. I know
2: it was wild and I honestly just think I changed so much when I went to uni I mean before that I was like I want to be a video vixen and I used to do like beauty pageants and stuff badass yeah it it was an interesting time in my life I just thought to myself you know what this isn't for me when I left I was like I kind of don't want to work for the man I don't want to be a slave to the wage I kind of want something of my own I want to try and make something that actually speaks to some of my frustrations as a
1: bisexual woman and that's the birth of passion fruit that's amazing yeah. so we will talk about passion fruit shortly but I yeah. just wanted to ask you mm. studying psychology and drama at the same time they must have been lots of overlapping yeah there is natural
2: overlap but i think for me the best thing was being able to get into someone's head to understand why someone might do something the characteristics they might have
1: learning about the mind like that it's a really wonderful thing i think that we've touched on in the podcast a few times now is that sharing a story is a much more effective way of encouraging empathy and understanding Mm. in communities than just giving out facts so to get inside the head of someone whether it's through a book or a character or something like that is
0: Mm. or a podcast or a podcast it's a much more effective way we've released the agenda (laughs) <laughs> As if it wasn't so obvious That already. was
1: a, a little on the nose. Um, are you on Twitter? I'm not. Why not? Do you know what? I actually don't
2: have an answer entirely. I just know that when I was on Twitter, it felt a little bit like walking into a burning building you think it's like a nice welcoming building and all of a sudden you realize shit the building was on fire and i'm on fire as well
0: well so... now it's like a burning building that you knew was burning but the problem is everywhere outside is burning even more so you're actually safer in the burning building oh really uh, so everything's burning around you uh... and uh, there's a couple of little bits where it's like have a bit of oxygen i found the cool hashtag <laughs> oh i found a little bit of water oh I got Some new clothes because my others burnt off, and then the rest of it's just a uh, chunks of wood, like and soot <laughs> flying at you. We yeah. are so far into this metaphor, yeah. That I don't yeah. even know, you know we're,
1: we're really sticking it's to it. Yes, and <laughs> um, but you chose to take yourself away from it for, mm. for what reason?
2: Kind of my sanity, kind of the fact that tweets just come back to haunt you, and I think everyone deserves the chance to develop you are not who you were five years ago, you're not who you're gonna be in five years. I don't know, I
0: think something like Twitter seems to stick. It is very interesting though, because you respond Mm. before you've had that chance to really think it through. So in a way you're seeing the purest part of people, but then in another way you're seeing a part of somebody that they don't have any control of. (laughs) I mean, the president's running his damn country on On Twitter. Twitter now. How scary is that?
1: It's just like a crazy restoration comedy that isn't that funny, really, Donald
0: Trump's life. It's not funny, but it also was funny, because tragedy is funny. Yeah,
2: you know those people where
1: something awful happens and they just laugh? (sighs) Trump. So let's talk a little bit about the app. Do you want to tell us just in brief what it's about?
2: Yeah, let's go for it. So it's a dating app for queer
1: women in the UK.
2: I think if you're straight, you have platforms you can use and I just think for a lot of women who like women it's just narrow and it's sometimes just this case where we need our own arena
1: we need our own platform, and I just feel really passionate. I wrote the piece for Feminine magazine a few months ago about mm. dating apps, sharing some of my horrific experiences as a straight woman on various dating apps. Yeah,
0: God, Kate, straight one in the room, awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about their heterosexual agenda. Oh, yeah. No, but I,
1: I can't remember where I heard this, but someone was talking about their experience of being a black woman on a dating app and comparing mm. it to their white friends and the way that men spoke. Of them mm. have you have you had any of those experiences
2: honestly I think I'm quite fortunate in not having those sorts of experiences I watched this documentary actually that spoke about how many people are swiped left and how many are swiped right and I think Asian men and black women yeah. were amongst the least
0: All the statistics show that they're the two demographics that get the least matches or messages Mm. or swipes.
2: I just think, you know, there's this massive element of almost dehumanising black women. Like, when you have a say, all of a sudden, whoa, crazy, you're crazy. Well then, don't do things that permit that sort of response. Sometimes the ignorance can get to you. To the point where you need to say something but you're not saying something as an angry black woman you're saying it as someone who is a human and who has feelings and i think that there's just been a massive dehumanization of black women to the point where now we're just caricatures of these stereotypes you know so even when you are sexual even when you are angry you're not a human with these very human traits You just are anger and you are sex, do you know what I mean? And I think that's horrible, but in reality, I think dating apps are quite honest. Oh, you know, I don't see colour, I don't see this, but oh, you've not swiped one black girl or Asian man.
0: Yeah, interesting i think there's an interesting thing about anger did you see the thing about the australian cartoonist when serena williams had uh, uh, yes. she did have a bit of a meltdown on the court and he did a cartoon depicting her but she had you know A lot of traits that were very much like heavily racist minstrel kind of things. And then also the woman in the background, who's the one who won, she looked white, but she Mm. was an Asian woman. And whoever's in charge of deeming whether or not it was appropriate, who were all white, said it was not racist because it was satire. But I think you can do a satirical piece about Serena Williams acting inappropriately without making it completely look like all of the racist stereotyping that was happening in the Jim Crow if. How can...
2: How... I don't know if you have the right, when you don't belong to a race, to determine what someone else should find offensive. You should probably educate yourself and when you're reducing someone down to something that was used in such a hurtful way i just find it shocking
0: totally she broke the rules but it's like actually if you look at men who've acted in the same way they did not get Mm. any of the discipline that she got so that's sexism i don't think that was racism i mm. think that was woman acting like this breaking the rules will enforce the rules men acting like that breaking the rules we never enforce them because boys will be boys mm. i'm all for like following the rules but you got to follow them for everyone that's one discussion that was happening the sexism debate then the mm. racism debate was like everyone going isn't it more racist to not depict black people behaving appropriately because we're too afraid to upset them and it's like that's bullshit that's just
2: not the argument is it? (laughs) It's just not what's being said and again I just think it goes back to this idea of dehumanising people people get angry, people stop, it doesn't mean that you have a right to depict them as a gollywog, do you know what I mean? She's still a beautiful strong person that has amazing accolades and when you reduce her to something for a moment of emotion that is racist
1: can i go off on a tangent it's a history geek tangent oh i love history okay so i was reading about empress matilda the other day no she was i think henry the first's daughter no she wasn't supposed to be queen Mm -hmm. her brother died and then when she was away her relative Stephen took over (laughs) and there was a, it was known as the anarchy, there were these huge battles and eventually she tried to get her son onto the throne and he got onto the English throne and they started saying things about the way that she was behaving. They were saying that suddenly she'd become very determined to get what she wanted, making orders, not listening to people's advice when she didn't think it was right, walking around as she spoke and these are all sort of things that if you said about a male leader would Mm. be brilliant but for this woman it was this thing.
0: Walking and talking at the same time, you sure most men pretty sure Donald Trump can't do that. Donald Trump can't even walk. He's
2: so strange, isn't he? But
0: I just think it's just I just think it's a wonderful
1: (laughs) thing because she set up this precedent for it being okay for a woman to be I guess the king. Yeah. And you compare that to Hillary Clinton Mm. when she was running for office there were people reporting on the same day saying she doesn't smile enough or she smiles too much. And that was Mm. all of the press she was getting the whole time. She She doesn't walk and talk enough. She
0: walks and talks too much. I don't know how she does it. She She, must be She
1: dresses too well. She doesn't dress well enough. Oh my God. Her skirt's too short. Her skirt's too Uh, long.
0: Hillary Clinton does not wear skirts. Hillary Clinton wears motherfucking pantsuits.
2: (laughs) It's just so funny. But I honestly believe, right, there is a massive threat on masculinity. And if there's any way that they can sort of downgrade a woman's strength, if you don't work within an arena, if you aren't smiling, if you're not wearing cute skirts, and if you're not saying please and thank you, sir, then I guess you are competition to them. These slights to try and bring you down to a level that is more palatable for them. And I'm not saying all men, but there are some men that are they really struggling. They've got massive egos and strange concepts of what a man should be. That's
0: toxic masculinity. There's nothing wrong with masculinity in men or women, no. but it's toxic masculinity that puts definitions that hurts men as well. Mm. There's a reason why suicide in young men is so high. Um, I'm so glad you said that because I was about to try and bring that up. That's I
1: mean, so the, the patriarchy is damaging to men as well and it is
0: the patriarchy being the kind of invisible force that our society runs on that mm. prides and worships straight white masculinity above yeah. everything else
2: and it's also this strange concept of what it is to be a man like minimal motion speaking from a Caribbean culture to show emotion for certain men that's not considered a good thing to be talking about your stresses that's not considered a good thing and when you kind of look at it historically a lot of the men came over here first and then brought their wives over so when you've got money issues and things like this usually it's not your wife that you want to tell and put that strain on so I just think it's kind of been instilled within us especially within our men to kind of hold things in but what comes in has to come out even if it is not seeable do you know what i mean and we
0: train it to come out in violence Mm. and that is another reason why there's such a violence problem yeah Um, and it tends to be against women because most men are straight Mm. or most men put themselves in that box because to not be straight is tantamount to uh, the end of the world. Speaking of, you said that you currently have a boyfriend. I do. But you identify as bisexual. Yes. So, I mean, doesn't that mean you're just straight now, Oh eh? I know. Aren't you just a straight girl?
1: Then? You're cured!
0: <laughs> Somebody tell me how. Give
2: me your tips. Do you know what? I actually think, touching on what I mentioned in terms of my frustrations. Most of my friends are straight girls. Went to an all-girls school, actually. And there was a massive stigma around even liking girls.
0: Which is so weird, because in all-girls schools, everybody is fucking everybody else. <laughs> And then at a certain point, it becomes cool to be bisexual. Yeah, and all yeah. those bisexuals are never bisexual. Yeah. They're completely straight. Mm. And then out come the homophobes in five years' time. Yeah. It's Isn't it
2: funny? Do you know what? I just kind of felt like... Unless you know someone who is a part of the community, it was like you just don't know. And oftentimes when I would go to the gay clubs and I would try and meet girls, it was like, you're straight. Like that was the perception of me. And it was like, okay, well, what do I need to do for you to understand that I'm not? Because I don't wear a sign. Bisexuality isn't a dress code or a haircut. Neither is being a lesbian. So it was, it was just a weird place for me to be. And I just kind of struggled. I do feel because I am bi and because I am with a man that I love and that I am probably going to marry. In some people's narrative, it sort of discredits who you are as a bisexual but I feel like I deserve the same as anyone else to identify as who I wanna identify as. And just because you are with a man, you don't stop being who you are. So I don't know, I just feel like it's very important to assert yourself and still feel as though you're part of a community because I am.
0: Well, it's like if you choose to be monogamous and you get married and that marriage is monogamous, that doesn't mean that all your partners previously, you never fancied them and yeah. they are real, like... I decide that I'm going to marry a man called Mark. It doesn't mean all of a sudden I'm Markosexual. Do you know what I mean? Normal.
2: Like it's the same argument. Like sometimes people might say, but your eyes might wander more if you're a bisexual. But no, because that could be said for a straight person. There's plenty of men. You've out got there. way more options. Do you know what I mean?
0: If you're a straight
2: person. Yeah, like there's plenty more options. So if that's genuinely the premise that you're going on, there's always going to be a threat. But actually, if you like someone, that's just what it's about.
1: So tell us about what spurred you to make this app.
2: Me talking to my younger self, it was like, I want to do something that, I don't know, 17, 18-year-old me would be like, oh, my God, thank you. Just a place where they might be surrounded by straight friends and straight
1: people, and find it. How does it compare to apps like Tinder and Hinge and Bumble?
2: I'm really excited about this. So essentially, by day, it's like a run of the mill dating app. So you'll swipe people in like your location, you can have like advanced search, where you choose things like their interests, their location, their age, or just whoever is in my proximity. (laughs) Just get them on here, so you can choose one of those. So it's
0: like grinder and You can yeah. choose grinder. You can choose or. hinge.
2: Yeah, and um, from there you would request to match them, and so on and so forth. By night, <laughs> dot dot dot. We are testing this thing called speed dating. So you'll be randomly put together with another woman who's on the app on the speed dating feature at that time and you will have a three-minute speed date with them. And if you like them, you can match and then message each other.
1: How does the speed date work?
2: Do you have a conversation through text? So if you're someone who actually
1: doesn't like... Can I say, both of mine and Holly's faces just... <laughs> jaw just dropped to the floor.
0: My jaw dropped to the floor laughing at Kate. <laughs> Kate looks like some brand-new concept has you're just me. come over. Of- no,
1: it's... You get to speak in person on a screen?
2: Yeah, like when I did a bit of a uni round last year trying to just get the gist of kind of my demographic, some of them was like, I'm actually quite nervous and I don't like even looking at someone. So the speed messenger is going on the premise that you don't always need to look at someone and see them physically to actually build a connection.
1: Yeah, like that moment of fear you get when Skype is about to come up. Mm -hmm. And you're like, shit,
0: do I have bogeys? Also, also, I spend at least 86% of my time looking an absolute mess same, so true, Save. 95, yeah.
1: 95.
0: 95. And, and that includes like about 6% of the time when I was on dates,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I turned up here wearing my pyjamas and sparkly socks today so I, I look about 9,
2: <laughs> so that is one version and another version is the actual facetime messenger so that's the kind of
1: usp of kate is so
0: So wishing she's going
1: (laughs) so it's like a combination of grinder hinge and what's that app where it's like chat roulette roulette it's a bit like that not like chat roulette no it's not gonna be like that i never played chat roulette i just heard about it so i'm not
0: scarred sure
2: (laughs) so i guess this how it differs, and
0: it's gonna be exclusively female. We spoke a couple of times about Mm. what your definition of female is. Mm. Is that female identifying? Female identifying,
2: exactly. It's not just for the cisgendered. It's just gonna be a platform that is extremely inclusive
0: now you did some promo videos where you asked various lady loving ladies mm. some questions and made promo videos which is on your youtube channel and uh, we thought, thought we would ask you some of the questions what is special about women our ability to unconditionally
2: love i think that that's a beautiful thing and how we're able to sympathize We have a softness that I really, really love. When
1: you go on a date,
2: who usually ends up paying? This is actually such a funny question, because I'm going to be honest, it's usually actually my partner. I'm actually going to be entirely honest and say sometimes I actually like it
0: that way.
1: Who doesn't like not having to pay for their dinner? What
0: if your boyfriend was a woman? Would you feel the same? Part of me
2: thinks I'm a tiny princess.
0: (laughs) My name's Aisha, and I'm a
2: feminist, but... (laughs) Yeah! I think even as a feminist, there's nothing wrong with saying sometimes I like a treat, and I like to be treated... I think it'll probably be more 50-50, you know, honestly speaking.
1: Yes. You can be the treater or the treaty. It's
0: interesting, though, that you're like, it might be more 50-50 if it was a woman. A part of me thinks
2: occasionally, and I'm not saying that this is exclusive to my boyfriend, I think it's a masculinity thing. Like, no, no. I've got you, I've got this but I do actually believe a lot of men will say I actually quite like it when my girlfriend treats me and that's something that I'm comfortable to do but it is interesting
1: there's definitely more practical things involved there as well Mm. you know there's a gender pay gap it may be the other person earns a huge amount more money Mm. and that's not a comment on what they've both chosen to do for a living but it just means that they happen to have more money and they may end up paying for Mm. more things what is the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you in bed. Nothing personal. Love toe stuff. Toe action. I'll leave it there. And were you into it?
2: At first I thought, okay. <laughs> and then I thought,
0: this is weird. <laughs> but yeah,
2: toes. That was a bit weird for me.
0: I'm looking at Kate's face and she looks like she wants to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the tone. No. <laughs> I've got a question for you guys actually.
2: In oh. Particular. Oh, God. oh God! We didn't. We I'm did not sorry. plan this, guys. I'm sure when you hear this, the app is going to be booming, and all of you are going to have a profile. And someone who I spoke to today mentioned sometimes girls just want to fuck. Yes. And, um, it is known. Yes. She was essentially saying a female equivalent of Grinder will go down very well. Now, the app actually gives you options. Serious relationship, casual relationship. But I wanted to know what you felt. And viewers, if you do want to give me your, your input. I mean, right now I think I'm far too into developments and I think I've honestly gone the right path. But I just wanted to know what you thought. Could
0: you add, so you've got serious relationship, casual relationship, did you say friendship? Yeah. And hookup. Hookup. You could just add that. I think that would also mean anybody who was looking for something more serious, you know you don't get Mm. crossed. If you know that this person's looking for a hookup... Do you think there's a demand for that? Yes. Okay. Have you ever been in a basement (laughs) at, like, 3 in the morning when it closes and everybody's just desperately trying to pair up with whoever's left and it is like nothing i've seen before.
1: Could you have a um, bi curious section? There right? is. There, there is, is a bi- there's
0: an option
2: section. if you are by curious. You could still
0: be a bi curious person looking for friendship or a, a relationship. They should just make a lesbian version of Grindr. I can't believe that it hasn't been made, mm. but that's not the app that you're trying to make, mm. but having a hookup thing that you could just be casual, hookup. serious, hookup Friendship.
2: Yeah. Done. Thank you for that. Wise words. Well, if we're about wrapped up. One thing I'll only say just this once.
0: (laughs) Just this once, and every time anyone ever listens to the podcast ever again.
2: Is that there is definitely a valid space for female sexuality. Being a female identifying person isn't strictly about your sexuality, but I feel like sometimes. People can almost shame you for embracing that and you should embrace all aspects of your person, including your sexual urges.
0: Exactly, man. Mm. For me, dating around and sleeping with a few different people was a vital part of me coming out and coming to terms with who I was, discovering that I was a lesbian and then what kind of lesbian I was and then what kind of lesbian that I was becoming but I didn't want to be. And Mm. a big part of that was meeting new people and having experiences. Mm.
1: This is what I understand often happens when you come out, is that you sort of try on different skins and you try things out and then you kind of find a balance and find your true authentic self.
0: Yeah, I think it didn't happen for me as obviously as, like, do I want to be butch? Do I want to be femme? Do I want to be tomboy? But it definitely happened to me with um, who I find attractive. Mm. Who I find attractive but shouldn't pursue. Straight Mm. girls with boyfriends. Although, I have a kind of equal success rate as to whether or not that ended up in my favour. And they (laughs) always came back.
1: Um, well, I have a probably quite equal success rate with, you know, men who were good for me and men who were bad for me. And the men who were bad for me always came back and that wasn't particularly useful. <laughs> um, but what... There you go. We're all the same. <laughs> but I, d- I do think on a slightly more serious note that you can apply that concept to every aspect of your life. You try on different versions of yourself <laughs> and at some point you find something that fits and it's all fluid and it's all balanced and Mm. labels are not always helpful and that's that's okay
0: that's okay and sometimes they are so it's like you want to wear labels you don't want labels to wear you
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Said probably someone like Versace. (laughs) (laughs) Ride the the wave, wave.
1: don't let the wave ride you.
0: Yeah,
1: So we've got a few questions that we ask everyone. Can I just
0: say the first one is the most important because I think it says a lot about who you are as a person, what childhood traumas you might have had, what your outlook on life is. Mate, what is your favourite Disney movie?
2: I was really expecting something like,
0: what does this
1: picture look like to you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Don't think too much, just go. Little
0: mermaid.
1: I love it.
0: Wants to give up everything to be with a man and wants to be a princess. Also, a massive outsider
2: issue, right? Like, I want to be where the people who have legs are. Do you know what I mean? Ah, uh, so you have yeah, you have outsider issues. I don't think I've got outsider issues. I just appreciated that narrative. I appreciate I liked that it. It was like too. it's okay. You can want something, and sometimes you get it, even if it is as wild as a fish having legs one day. But you know. We Ooh. did used
1: to be fish, and mm. we used to think to ourselves, I want to be where the people are.
0: Yeah. Hey, apart I from want... the fact that people hadn't existed. I, <laughs> want I, want see people I want to be where the people are. I wish In I could die. 60 billion years'
2: <laughs> time. It's... Also, Pocahontas oh. is a
1: close one.
2: But that's like, I think that speaks to me even now.
1: Problematic, but brilliant piece of brilliant, work. Brilliant stuff. Just going back to the outsider complex, it just clicked with me, even though I'd had the thoughts growing up. Ariel, the little mermaid, has an outsider complex. Mm. We all have an imposter syndrome. Mm. And mm. now I'm looking back at all the thoughts I had about Ariel's situation and why I related to her and going, oh, my God, I'm still Ariel. Mm. I'm still her. We got there. OK. <laughs> <laughs> Disney. Um, When, if ever, do you turn off your activism?
2: Never. I think it's a narrative that stays with you. I think that I'm someone who has strong views about certain things. I think, though, there are people that I meet on a day-to-day basis that don't share my same ideals and probably have a bit of resistance to some of the things I might say. But it's not a case of turning that off. I think it's actually just a case of me sometimes sympathising and trying to see what they're saying and hopefully there can be an exchange. Do you know what I mean?
1: I love you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we finally turned Kate! <laughs> <laughs> She's got a boyfriend, mate. <laughs> Sorry, take it. <laughs> um,
1: one more thing, and you can respond in whatever way you want to this. Right. We always ask the question, can you give us a little bit of sunshine? Yeah,
2: I think so. I don't know if you've put on the news or the TV, but there is a lot going on. And we currently have quite a hostile climate. But I think it's given birth to some incredible art and a lot of people being honest with their truths. And I think if that says anything about humanity,
0: it's that there's hope yet. Boom. Mm, I have a little bit of sunshine that I discovered as well. On a practical note... From 2020, LGBT plus relationships have to be taught in schools. Mm -hmm. Um, They will be on the curriculum. Primary school level students will be taught that family dynamics, including two mums and two dads, exist. And then secondary school students will be taught more LGBT sex education as well which means young gay and lesbian and trans kids and bisexual and pansexual and all the colours of the rainbow kids and gender non-binary kids will at school hear their identity being taught so I think that's incredible
1: everything starts with education, Mm. you know. The generations above us and experiences that they've had affect the world today and the experiences that we can give the people in school, the experiences that we can give young people as they enter adulthood will affect the world that they live in in the future it's so important Mm. yeah
0: and you teach that young bully that it's not okay to have a go at a gay kid or a trans kid because you've taught them that they're not other
1: yeah and to all my full-time teachers because i might teach 11 hours a week but it's not the same as teaching a good like 40 hours a week to all of those people thank you
0: And this is a Tory government. I think that's a ray of sunshine. A Tory government have done this. Mm. And I know that they wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for public opinion. But I still think when you compare what's happening in America, I know which one I'd rather be in.
1: Mm. And they're also going to educate people about female genital mutilation as well. That
2: is immensely important.
1: So, if we're good...
2: Plugs, 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 plugs.
0: Give me a P, Mm. give me an L, give me a Lugs, Uggs
2: so come and join passion fruit it's okay to be fruity that's what we believe and it's at passion fruit with two u's so p-a-s-s-i-o-n-f-r-u-u-t-a-p-p that'll be amazing that's on instagram we're not on twitter yet but do you know what i think we are going to be soon we are also on facebook uh we've got a website passionfruit.co.uk we would love your support
0: lady loving ladies Gaydies, gay ladies, (laughs) and pan and all your lady-loving ladies and gender non-binary people, get on the app. So, Mm -hmm.
1: I am Kate Lois-Elliott, two Two L's, L's, two two T's, T's. on Instagram and Twitter.
0: I am on our team Q Twitter, our as in, we are the world team, as in, um, uh, fuck Chelsea. And Q as in queer, because that's the kind of way our role. Uh, the podcast is at DiversifyPod on Twitter and at DiversifyPodcast on Instagram. We are on Facebook. You can search us on Spotify. And Apple podcasts or Libsyn but if you're listening to this you've probably found us on one of them anyway and don't forget to
1: rate subscribe tweet tell your racist uncle Michael about the podcast yes.
0: racist uncle Michael. Michael we all have one Michael.
1: it really it's helps absolutely. to boost us in the charts and it really helps to get the weather
0: now take us away fitting the connections <laughs>
1: Yeah, I will not be drinking Prosecco during recording again. It's my favourite thing. Um, Yeah. I'm available for voiceover work. (laughs)